Edited, revised, and re-recorded, this is The Addendum. Welcome to episode 133 of The Addendum. My name is Eric. The story presented in this episode has not been revised and edited as much as it has been heavily reworded. The content achieves an uneasy balance between how much space the narrative requires compared to how much time and attention the premise and idea need in order to be satisfactory. The story feels like it needs more room, but the idea is apparent and does not require further elaboration. The approach and handling of the subject matter remains interesting, even if the means and message are familiar. Without any further delay, the story will now begin. A Herd of Black Horses by Keith Eric Brandt Evelyn was a nurse practitioner at the county hospital. She walked to work every morning and she walked home every evening. Throughout her 30 years of employment at Graham General, there were countless technological advances and many breakthroughs in medical care. The hospital operated within a hopeful bubble of optimism despite the staggering level of impoverishment that had spread over and enveloped nearly the entirety of the population like a plague. It was difficult to recall when or if any of the cracked and crumbling neighborhood sidewalks had ever been repaired or replaced. Although admittedly, the level of obvious deliberate neglect was at least partly diminished by the seemingly endless rows of condemned buildings that occupied the street. In the cool shadows of early morning, all of the windows were dark, many were broken, and a few were covered with weather-worn plywood. Evelyn hummed to herself, preoccupying her mind with duties she would need to include in the daily roster when she arrived at work. She lightly tapped and ran her fingertips over the red brick face of buildings that she passed. The coarse surface was pleasantly cool to the touch, retaining a lingering chill from the night before. As her fingers moved over a section of the wall that was incredibly warm, she paused for a moment. The warmth was only in one small area that she could completely cover with her hand. She took a step back and gave the plain wall a cursory examination. When she moved her palm back to the warm area, the surface lost its rigidity. She quickly pulled back her hand, but not quickly enough. A set of fingers emerged through the bricks. They carefully laced themselves between her fingers, curling over the back of her hand in a gentle but urgent manner. They were not trying to pull her into the wall. Instead, it felt like they were attempting to leverage themselves free from confinement. Evelyn repositioned herself, bracing her foot against the base of the wall as she began to pull with concerted effort. An arm, shoulder, head, and torso of a man emerged from apparent nothingness. When the entirety of the man was complete, he collapsed to the ground in exhaustion. He was covered in oily grime, and his body odor was overwhelming. He was unnaturally lean and withered from malnutrition. Evelyn raised the man to his feet and tried to calm and reassure him as they walked to the emergency room. He told her his name was Nathan, and he thanked her repeatedly, referring to her as a bastion of mercy. He asked her why she had chosen him and what had happened to the wild animals and the men who rode on black horses. As he wept and muttered effusive gratitude, she assured him there were doctors who would help him. 
It was unclear if Nathan heard or understood anything Evelyn was saying. He passionately told her that he and a dozen others had managed to break free. He said they had been kept in kennels that were so crowded it was nearly impossible to move. They worked day and night and had to fight each other for food and water. The harder they toiled, the worse their conditions became. They were promised that if they worked hard enough, they would gain their freedom, but their trust and conviction only increased the wealth and power of a few individuals while limiting the rights and tightening constraints upon the rest of the population. Nathan said he and the other escapees had not made it very far. Hunters, known as Wardens of Hate, rode after them on horses that were darker than an unlit tomb. He and the others were captured and beaten before being lined up against a wall for execution. It seems that everything he described took place on a mirrored plane of parallel existence. In effect, there were two complete and fully functioning alternate representations of the same reality. When their hands lined up perfectly on opposite sides of the reflection, the fabric between the two worlds had fallen away for a brief moment. At the hospital, Nathan was treated for severe dehydration and malnutrition. He was held for a couple of days, in which time he was bathed, his hair was cut, his beard was shaved, and he was also provided with a new set of clothes. After observing and interviewing him, the psychiatric staff reported that Nathan had likely suffered a break from reality after becoming homeless and finding himself in destitute conditions. Throughout his stay and upon his discharge from Graham General, all of the doctors and nurses who had interacted with Nathan reported him to be an extraordinarily handsome and engaging individual. The news media ran a human interest story about a nurse who had rescued a handsome homeless man from unlivable conditions. Evelyn politely declined interview requests, finding her work at the hospital was a more productive and more rewarding use of her time. On camera, Nathan radiated charm and humility. The psychiatrist had taught him to differentiate between the world in which he lived and the imagined alternate reality that had been diagnosed as a symptom of his cognitive breakdown. He appeared on a number of different programs where he talked about his rescue from poverty while avoiding recollections that might make him appear mentally unbalanced. He became a media personality known for his good looks and his eloquent elocution. In the months that followed, Evelyn frequently woke during the middle of the night. She was haunted by everything Nathan had told her on the way to the emergency room. The mirrored plane of existence was an alternate representation of extreme economic disparity. The majority of the population had been brutalized into submission by tyrants who championed their own callous lack of empathy as a virtue. Those who raised concern and those who tried to escape were hunted and executed by wardens of hate. It was not uncommon for her to lay awake with the glow of the television illuminating her bedroom as she tried to clear her mind and forget so she could fall back to sleep. It was during these midnight hours that Evelyn first became aware Nathan had become the moderator of a program where an array of guests would debate a variety of topics. He no longer looked the same. 
His eyes were wide and his expression was alarmingly calm. Whenever a discussion became too heated, he would offer a few mollifying words to the audience. He would then smile directly into the camera and wink. One evening, an adversarial pundit accused Nathan of impropriety. He claimed Nathan had concocted a lie which he had used to gain attention, but he had later dropped and distanced himself from as soon as the media had given him an opportunity to talk about his plight. The pundit said that the purported mirrored reflection of reality had been a thinly veiled allegory which painted corporations in a broad and unflattering manner. He claimed the fabricated account inferred a deliberate and calculated engineering of economic enslavement where a bare minimum standard of living could only be obtained by accruing a large amount of debt that could never be paid the total amalgam of which filtered more money into the hands of a few incredibly wealthy individuals, while growing indebtedness was passed from one impoverished generation to the next. This effectively created a world of indentured servants whose mounting debt prevented them from gaining upward economic mobility. Nathan countered, saying it had been so long ago he could not remember what he had said. When he was provided with a transcript of recordings made at the time of his admission to the Graham General Emergency Room, he said they were clearly the words of a madman. At the time, as the record showed, it was noted that his thoughts were unclear and nonsensical, likely due to years of malnutrition. Furthermore, Nathan continued, what he had said could not be an allegorical representation of a parallel reality because, by definition, a reflection is an almost perfect representation of whatever is held before a mirror, and everything that had been mentioned was far from an accurate representation of the known world. He concluded by telling the pundit that corporations care about individuals who work for them and buy their products. In fact, it was corporations who had pulled Nathan from the gutter and paid him extraordinary amounts of money to share his opinions about a variety of important issues. It was the empires of money that paid for platforms where everyday pundits and politicians could share their opinions. Overwhelming evidence repeatedly demonstrated that conglomerations were primarily concerned about people and their well-being profit and power were merely latent effects of corporate empires. Nathan then smiled and winked. Evelyn turned off the television and got out of bed. She pulled on a terry cloth robe and walked outside into the midnight air. The cold concrete beneath her feet was oddly comforting. She closed her eyes and listened to the fading whine of a siren moving off into the distance. Then everything became deathly quiet. In her mind, she could see the horses approaching on the horizon, the fury of their pounding hooves raising clouds of red dust in their trailing wake. Their eyes were wide and empty. Their hot breaths were drawing near. That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for downloading and listening. Until next time, this has been The Addendum.